Hey there, and welcome to episode number 82 of the Peaceful Home Podcast. This is part two of my conversation with Mandy Hoffman, where we took a dive in earlier this week on how to cultivate the holiday that you want for you and your family. And we continue talking about the subject. And as a matter of fact, we talk about boundaries and how to say no and how to find that middle ground so that if you're not somebody that wants to be out in the freezing cold, that you can still take part in family holiday traditions in a way that feels good to you. We talk all about this and so much more. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Peaceful Home Podcast. I'm your host, Pam Godboyce, founder of the Align Moms Membership and Coaching Program, coffee lover, mama of a teenage daughter, therapist, life and parenting coach, teacher, and mentor of other badass moms who aren't afraid to lean in and get their hands dirty. I'm on a mission to redefine how you view yourself, how you view parenting, and most importantly, to help you rethink your destructive patterns, your past relationships, and your inner critic, all of which are standing in the way of your peaceful life. In this podcast, we believe that you are perfect as you are, and our focus is on helping you grow your view through shadow work, spirituality, emotional regulation, manifestation, grounding, exploring the mask and the femme, and so much more. We laugh and we cry, and we gain a better understanding of ourself through the lens of our kids. Welcome to Parenting Redefined. Welcome to the Peaceful Home Podcast. Like I have since my kid was, I think when she was like two years old, I created a spray bottle for her with water so that she could help me clean because then she's part of the process. And it wasn't, I need to teach this kid how to clean. It was like, she wants to do, when our kids are little, they just want to follow around, follow us around anyway. You might as well be doing the thing together. And that's what creates. That was what was so hard for me is that being in a constant state of panic, overwhelm, anxiety, like not knowing any different. To me, there was no contrast. To me, being in a constant state of fight or flight was normal. Yeah. And then to be in a home with children, I'd be like, get away from me. Like, ah, like I'm already like wound so tight. And now you're touching me like stop. And so that's been a very long journey to even know the position that I was in, to know how long I was in that, that heightened state to then unpack it, to then basically unclench my butt cheeks just, and just did the, the constant, the practice in my, the daily intention that's required to unravel that to allow my kid to sit there with a spray bottle and just be next to me while I'm cleaning. Not that she's doing any better or worse or helpful, but just to allow her to be near me without snapping at her. That was really hard to learn. And also the being highly reactive and snapping was learned behavior. And I didn't know that. And so trying to unlearn that and being like, and in the beginning, it was a lot of when there's less in my house, there's less to clean. When there's less in my house, there's less for me to keep track of and worry about and feel all of that heightened. And now with the holidays, it is the season of excess. And how can we mindfully bring in these traditions without triggering any of these past stories? How can we make it a season that you want to be a part of rather than being like, oh, shit, it's here again. Oh, God, I hope I survive this. 
It's so what if your activities, what if being in the freezing, freaking cold, shivering, you put on four sweaters, but you should have put on five, looking at trees when you'd rather just get a fake one, but it's what the rest of the family does. And then you're sitting there and then you slip and you fall in the snow and you bang your knee and you're like, why the hell am I doing this tradition? Maybe it's time to bring it up and not to judgmentally tell your family, but say, hey, can I be the person that has the hot cocoa waiting for you when y'all get back? Like, how can you more authentically show up to your family traditions? So it's not that you shit on their tree. It's not that you are blaming them or judging them, but how can you be like, I don't want to do it. Not why? And you don't have to tell them, but just, I don't want to do it, but I want to support their tradition. Can I do it this way? Family members being receptive to a family member who might say that and know that they, this is them trying to build up the tradition more, not take away from the tradition. And that's the, if you're in order to receive oxytocin from a neurochemical perspective, you cannot be outside bitching and moaning about why did you come here? This is so awful because you're telling your nervous system not to give you what you're seeking. So you can't do both of those things. So you're absolutely right. If being outside is torture for you, and I will just be totally honest, when I became a yoga teacher, I think I became acclimatized to 87 degree weather because of being in hot yoga studios all the time. And I remember going through my yoga teacher training and starting out being like, it's so hot in here. And then by the end, I was like, I'm so glad it's so warm in here. And so there's like this shift that happened in my body. It's like when you move to Florida or something from the cold area. And so but I still have that. And I, and I, and I don't know, there's some information that talks about this also being an ADHD thing, but a struggle with regulating my body temperature is a thing. And for anybody listening who doesn't know us, we are proud and true ADHDers. Yes. And, but so when I'm cold and I can't get warm and when I'm hot, I can't cool down. I'm like, why is it so hot in here? And I will literally be like, Marley and I have this conversation all the time. Is it sweltering in here or is it just me? And she will very be like, she'll be like, it's just you. Or she'll be like, no, it's freezing. And the same as the other is true. Like, why is it so cold in here? She'll be like, it's not cold. It's you. And so I literally was like, there are things that I just, I duck out of. I'm like, I'm not doing that. And some of those things are outdoor things. Like we live in New Hampshire and in the winter in New Hampshire, it's cold. May I pause you? Yeah. I was always fascinated that you would duck out of things. I feel like. (laughs) I was like, I'm not doing that. And, and it's because of, and to me, it wasn't like, wow, she had the goal to do that. It wasn't like that. It was like, how did it even occur to her? To me, it didn't even occur to me as an option. I didn't even know that it was an option to say, you know what? This is not for me. I'm going to show up a different. So it's not that I'm bailing on you. And look at, see, I'm so defensive and proving to people I'm not bailing on them. You notice how I always have an and. So I'm still working through that on my journey. It's okay to say no. It is yeah. an option. And and yeah. I think most of us are socialized out of ever knowing it is an option. Now it's an option that may have consequences and there's all of that stuff. Yeah. I went to a training when I was, I don't know, in my thirties before I had kids and it was a, cause I'm a social worker. I have a license. I'm a therapist of a license and have to do CEUs. And I went to a training on self-care and I was like, all right, we'll see what this is about. Cause like a lot of the trainings are the same. You just go to the same thing over and over again. And so this was like somebody new teaching something that was, was new. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. And she said something in this training. She was a mom of three kids. And she said, 
when my oldest turned five, I stopped going to birthday parties. And I was like, what? And she was like, we hire a babysitter to take them to every birthday party they're invited to. And when I first did this, other parents were like, what? And now they all love our babysitter. Like, they're like, she's the sweetest. And I still have relationships with all these other moms. I can like still spend time with them. We can go out for coffee. I would much rather spend my time with you as a mom going out for coffee than coming to your kid's birthday party where all the parents are stressed and all the things and all the, nobody wants to be there. And we're all bitching and moaning about it. She's like, so I just decided that was going to be my time. So now multiply that by three kids. And that's, and I was like, huh. And it just was enough to make me go, isn't that interesting? So what you're saying is I can do whatever I want because I grew up trying to do whatever I wanted and was told, stop trying to do whatever you want. You're not allowed. <laughs> like most of us. And so I got permission in like my early thirties to like do whatever I want. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do whatever I want. And that's where that came from. Like it came from this place of like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And now I'm at a place where like Marley's 14 and there's stuff that she wants to do. And I'm like, yeah, I, maybe I do want to be there for some of that stuff. And I have this thing about, it's totally an ADHD thing, but I have this thing about like clothes that squeeze my armpits and I hate snow pants. Oh. I feel like I can't breathe. I feel like it's going to, it like triggers my fight or flight response. <laughs> I know it's wacky, but it does. It triggers me. So I bought a, like what I call a sleeping bag jacket. I bought a down jacket that goes to my ankles. And the thing is, yep. And I can't, those of you that know my story, I have a pacemaker. I can't, I'm hundred percent dependent. I will die if I go snowboarding. So I cannot snowboard or ski anymore. That's fine. I can't go sledding. That's fine. So I don't need snow gear for that kind of stuff. I just need to be able to tolerate being outside. So I wore this jacket on Halloween this year. And I know my daughter's 14. I didn't need to be out with her. She and her friends went out. We went out into town because I live in a really small town and everybody trick or treats downtown. So we're just having this talk about experiences, right? I just want to, I'm just going to be out and interact with people. And everybody was like, oh my God, it's so cold. And I was like, oh, it's perfect. Because I had on my jacket. My husband thought I was crazy because he was like, it's 40 degrees. You do not need that. And I was like, don't tell me what I need. And I wore it. And it was amazing. Mm -hmm. And now I'm prepared for anything that I want to do. Yep. But it's, it's, you had to almost, you did give yourself permission to say, this is a priority for me and I'm going to do this. And we've just been socialized so far away from any kind of, when you're going back to the the woman discussing self-care and it's manicures and bubble baths are great. They're a great start, but they're a start. You still have a lot more to explore and unpack and experiment with. And it all starts with two letters. All the self-care in the world starts with no. And same thing. I, it's funny. I think I was largely inspired by you. I, I got the big top to bottom Canadians wear these jackets. And I'm like, I don't care. And the whole neighborhood knows me. They're like, oh, they're like, it's below 60. She's got the jacket on. And it's fun in our neighborhood, but I'm comfy. Yeah. And I'm better. I'm not cursing the leather when my kids come off the bus. I'm ready for the big hug that's coming my way. So because I said no, and because I found something that fit for me, I'm now able to receive my kids. Yes. And that's all I'm trying to do. I just want to receive my kids. And it's not perfect, but it's working in that direction. Yeah. And I think what it comes back to, whether we're talking holiday gifts, whether they're talking the gear you're buying, whether we're talking whatever it is, 
where you're like, what is my intention? What do I want? What do I want in, what is my goal? What do I want with my kids, with my family? What do I want this to look like? That we all have the ability and the opportunity to decide, to be like, this is my family. Here's the thing. If you are a parent listening to this, it is your goddamn family. You get to decide, period. You do. And it's okay if you're like, because I was here, if you're like, whoa, matrix, I have choice. Whoa, too much. I got to sit with that for a bit. That's an okay reaction to that epiphany too. Because I I even think I'm still partially in that state where it's, whoa, like I I don't have to make everyone else happy. Like I am not the protector of other people's feelings. Like people can be responsible for their own feelings. And that's a journey, right? Because you start out as it's my job to take care of everybody else's everything. And then you're like, I know that it's not my job to take care of everybody else's everything, but I'm still doing it. And then you're like, I'm going to not take care of everybody else's everything, but your nervous system goes, oh my God, it's your job to take care of everybody else's everything. And there's it's like this progression that you finally get to the place. So I often say, and I've got more space. We all have more space to grow, but I often say I'm at the place now where I'm like, yeah, I don't really care. It's your problem, not mine. And sometimes I will even say like tongue in cheek but really true, but also it's a little self-deprecating. I go, I think that's my sociopathic side. I think there's a component there. And I like, I use humor all the time. So I'm like, I was going to say, if anybody appreciates diffusing with humor, it's me. So I'm with you on that. I love it. I'm like, I think that, I think that's my, because Marley said to me, totally off topic. Marley said, mom, what's your favorite kind of dog? And I go, Luna, our dog. And she goes, no, but what's the dog do you think's like the cutest? And I said, okay, here's this thing that happens when you meet people is you can be like, they're so attractive. And then you get to know them and you're like, that person's a douche. They're not attractive anymore. And I said, and I feel the same way about animals. <laughs> and she was like, okay, but like a puppy. And I was like, is this a puppy that chews on shit? Or is this a puppy that <laughs> does what they're supposed to do as well behaved, is sweet and cuddly and is not eating my shoes. And she's no, just what is the cutest animal to you? And I was like, I don't like animals. And she was like, what do you mean you don't like animals? You love our dog. I'm like, our dog, because I have a relationship with her. And I said, actually, I'm the same with people, right? Like I'm like the, I used to be like, I'm gonna work with kids. And I'm like, I don't really like kids. And it's not that I don't like kids. It's that I like to have relationships with people. And when I don't have relationships with you or, and I don't, this is not like a, if if I don't have a relationship with you, fuck you. This is great. Let's build a relationship. But if I don't have a relationship with you, then you're outside of my sphere. And it's not my job to do anything about you. This is how I see the world. And I joke that that's my sociopathic self. But I think that's the, we recently talked about carrying the backpack with the rocks and whatnot. It's, we have like our inner sphere, our middle sphere, our outer sphere. We have all these spheres and we're going in and out and we're interacting with all of them. And what I've realized is my biggest mistake is I thought my job was to give to all of them at all times. I thought that was my purpose in life. It was my gift that's my gift in life. And really it was a response to my trauma, but, but to me, I thought, and to now say, okay, I'm now categorizing people per sphere, which feels weird. feels very weird. Cause you're like, oh my gosh, are you sphere one or sphere two? Oh God, I even have to think about that. Oh geez. That feels so judgy, but you got to separate people. And because sphere one, my family unit is, I can't be empty when SOS happens in this bubble. So if I gave to sphere two and sphere three and I'm empty and now it's emergency mode here and I, and I can't give, that's a problem. 
It's like that whole, it's not that I can't teach kids or it's not that I, or that I kids suck and I choose not to teach them, or it's not that I don't have a connection with you, therefore you're chopped liver, but it's okay. I have X amount of energy to give. And when I have extra. Absolutely. We're going to reach branch out into the other spheres, but when I don't have extra, sorry, my friend, you get basic human decency. You will always, I will treat you with the respect from one human to another, but you're not going to get any more than that. And telling yourself that's okay is so hard. Yeah. Especially when you value, when you, the value that you have found in yourself as a grown adult is in your ability to serve other people. In my ability to be of service, if my, if the only value that I have is and this is where this reaction comes from, right? This is, you say your trauma response. For me, it's like this growth pattern that has happened where um, I strongly, truly, and deeply believed that my only, the only value that I had is if I could be of value to you, then maybe you would keep me around, right? Fear yeah. of rejection. And so then it becomes this whole this whole journey around if I want to be in people's lives then I have to be giving to everybody. And like back in the days when I was teaching at the YMCA, a lot of the people that ended up in my sphere did so because I was a therapist and I could be of service in some way. And that's what a lot of my relationships look like in that time frame. And I'd say, Mandy knows what back in the YMCA days were for me, that's Marley was just born. So she's now going to be 15 in March. So she chose the best ago. playlist. So there's this like this process that's gone on where I had to come to a place of, yeah, that's not really my, that's not really my thing. That's not really my job. And always 100% of the time, ask the people in my DMs, I get DMs all the time. I have this question. Can you help me out with this thing? Somebody suggested that I reach out to you and I will pour it all out. You'll get it all from me because that's just who I am. But I don't walk around worrying about what the people on the street are experiencing because it's not my job. Until you knock on my door and you say, hey, I could use your help. I just over here minding my own business. And it's been really freeing to not have to be wrapped up in that. Oh God, what is everybody thinking? And what if I post this thing? And what are people, what are people going to say? Or how are they going to react? It's just freeing to let go of that, that back, to put that, put down that backpack of rocks that you're carrying around. And with this being the season of giving, I think that's a common trap that many of us fall into is that I must give. And I see these Excel sheets and I'm like, I'm sure your mailman is awesome. But does every single person that you have a touch touch contact with in the last 365 days, do they need a present? No, granted, I had a really great mailman that I used to talk with on a regular basis. And we totally gave Andrew presents. We had built a connection. I don't know who my mail people are here. In fact, they don't know how to close my mailbox, which I find concerning. But anyway, <laughs> we have a PO box. I said that. I'm like, do we need to consider this? I'm like, and I'm like, is it that hard? I'm like, do you not like me? Like, you're not, not like me. My- Isn't that wild? Look at that story. This mailman's oh, not closing yeah. my mailbox. They must not like me. They want my shit to get but, wet. See? And it's, but it's interesting. I now understand my story more that it wasn't yeah. a surprise to be like, aha. Like, I'm like, yes, I know. I know that's where those thoughts come from. But here we are with the season of giving. And for some people to be hyper-organized and to be saving up all year and to be able to give, and this is the one thing you do, doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it. As long as you're feeling 
that you're giving, not that you're feeling that it's a burden or that you have to. And sometimes you got to sit with it and get a little uncomfortable to figure out which one is which. Like sometimes yeah. I know I went for years being like, no, I love this. This is great. This is such a wonderful tradition. Love. Oh, oh, oh. And now I'm like, oh, I hated all of that. Oh, oh, that's a bummer. I did that for so long. And also the, we get stuck in this dynamic, especially with family, um, of giving with receiving on our mind. Yeah. I'm going to give because I'm going to receive. And that's a really lack or scarcity place to give from an energetic place, not like a financial place, but like to give from a place of what am I going to get in return for this? So if you're giving, and if you're in a, I will just be totally honest. Most of us are not walking around going, yeah, it's totally why I'm giving. And you probably won't even admit it to yourself. So it's totally fine. If you're like, shut up, Pam, you don't know what you're talking about. But if you are not giving because you love the experience of creating, giving, whatever the thing is. Marley bakes for our, we have some elderly neighbors that Marley bakes for, and she loves it because they like turn inside out about how like amazing the things that she makes are. And that's her gift. That's her craft, right? Is she'll bake you anything you want. But if you're not doing it from a place of like true love and compassion, um, don't do it. And I think maybe more familiar to people is the feeling of giving out of guilt, being like, oh, they got me something. They always get me something. I have to get something in return. God, what do I get? Do I make it big? Do I make it small? I don't even know what they want. They have everything that they need. Do I just give them a gift card? No, a gift card is too impersonal. Giving from guilt is a shitty place. Yeah. And unfortunately, everything is energy, right? So when we give from a place of guilt or we give from a place of lack or we give from a place of what are they going to get me in return? They better get me something good. We're that's what we're giving. We're giving that energy. And that's not going to create connection. The extra money that you spent that you're probably going to have to pick up overtime in January to cover because you had to show that you loved somebody. You really just gave a big steamy stinky pile of ick because that's what it felt like for you to acquire that gift. You just gifted ick to somebody. Right. So yeah, why do it? Why do it? And I, what I find most often is that it's our, it's our own stories. Right. And I'm like, not a, what's really interesting is I'm not a material. I said that I'm not like a material, but I love to give gifts, like giving to people is my love language, which is why when you DM me that I have a, you have a problem and things are going on. I spend the next three days talking you off the, talking you through all the things that are going on in your life and give you all the tips and tools and everything. Um, because I just love to be able to give. Right. But I have a family member who is like the, just send me a URL and I'll buy you something. And I'm like, absolutely not. And there's conflict in that relationship all the time around gift giving so much so that we stopped buying them gifts. Like I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm out because I'm not interested in that. Like I don't, and I'm one of those pains in the asses where I'm like, I see people's souls and buy them the thing that lines up with the soul of who they are. And I don't want anything. (laughs) I don't want anything. (laughs) And I won't tell you what I want because I, and some of it is I have this, there's, I have unreasonable expectations as my husband says (laughs) to think that everybody in the world can like, will give from that place. But the truth is I give because it brings me joy. And if you're not giving because it brings you joy, you're giving because out of guilt, you're giving for some other reason because you're supposed to. And you're especially this year, like a lot of people are stressing about finances. And so if you're giving and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to pull this together. We're going to go into more credit card debt, or we're going to, we're just creating more struggles for our family. 
let this be the year that you say, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. Or maybe not even I can't. I choose not to. I am actively choosing because my health is worth it. My sanity is worth it. My kids' happiness is worth it. My kids' happiness is not dependent on excess. Now, that being said, I'm so glad that we have organizations out there that can buy warm clothes, that can buy treat gifts, that can buy. I I think that's amazing. And I hope that we continue to strengthen these organizations. But it's funny, I saw on Facebook, like a mom's page, and some of the moms are saying it's too much to give all of these big things once a year. And she wanted to give out 12 envelopes where she would give an experience every month, but she could afford it more easily to pay for it month to month than do one big thing. And I'm like, what a brilliant tradition to offer your kids to say, this is what we can do. And we're proud. This is how we do it. Not we're keeping up with the Joneses. I was like, I was given all the, when I read that, oh, I was just like, oh, but good for her because that was her note. Yeah. I have a friend that does that for her mother. So her and her, her kids give to the grandmother every Christmas. And she started this years ago for the same kind of reason. Like, that's you know, I mean, if you're like, my mother has everything. Right. It's what do you buy? What do you buy your 80 year old mother who has buys anything she wants? Right. Um, and I've always, we always had this struggle with her. This friend of mine started giving, doing envelopes, the 12 envelopes with an experience every month. And some of the experiences are free experiences. Some of them are like a scavenger hunt on this thing or lunch here. Not that lunch Library. here is free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she does one gift where it's like they're going t- tickets to somewhere to see something or whatever, whatever your top gift is, you do that in one of the months, but you can do like an afternoon baking with Nana or whatever yeah. the case may be. It doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to be big things and it doesn't have to be any, it doesn't have to cost anything. And if the internet is not rife with all of these stories from parents where You know, you hear all of these stories where these parents try to give these mega birthday parties or they try to give a ton of gifts or they try, parents try to meet all of these unrealistic expectations. And then I'm thinking specifically the one of the dad that took the day off of work and took the kid out of school and they hung out and the kid was like, oh, I'm going to get weepy. It was a very poignant uh, story. And the son for the rest of his life said, dad, that was the best day ever. And they went to the park, had like peanut butter and jelly. And they like, do you know what I mean? Like it was a very like, and the dad felt like he was failing his kid by not creating something grandiose. And the kid held that for the rest of his life. And there's tons of stories like that. And it's, yeah, I, I we just, in consumerism has its place in America, but it makes it really hard for parents to parent. So in, in this day and age for the holiday season, how can you give the gift of being grounded to your family? How can you give the gift of being present? Heck, write up a coupon and give it to your kid and say, one hour with mom not on her phone. Can we sit with a little bit with that? We're all on our phones, like a lot. We're working on it in our house. Unfortunately, we are on call and we do have notifications that do require timely responses. We're trying to navigate around that. How do we create more sacred family time? Okay. All right. I got a fun idea. Okay. So since it's, since people are looking for ideas on how to create a more intentional holiday season, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, 
Boxing Day, all of the wonderful things. We've already had, what was it? Was it Holly? No. Which one was the? Yes. Was it Holly? Holly, yeah. So we've got these wonderful holidays with these amazing traditions. Like, what are other ways that we can get creative and do it differently? And I'm not going to say better because there's no judgment there. But So we've got the envelopes, the 12 envelopes. You taught me for when how to use minimalism or how to create some structure around gift giving for friends who uh, celebrate Christmas, want, need, wear, read. You taught that to me. We still do it to this day. What are some other like spitfire? Like what are other ideas? Like we already gave a few. I love to do, and this goes back to knowing the person, right? Mm. So Marley is, she's a theater kid. She's a musician. She wants to like, she wants to consume all the music. She wants to be at all the things. It doesn't matter what it is. We went to a, like a jazz music performance at her high school at the beginning of the year. And if you've got kids that are like, you've got high school age kids that are musicians, a lot of times high schools are asking them part of their grade, part of Marley's orchestra grade is going to performances. Mm-hmm. And this is the time of year and like schools, high schools, there's, we have a theater place in Bedford. There's one in Nashua, Peacock Players. There's lots of like places that have lower ticket prices. You're not talking about a Broadway ticket of $300 a person. You're talking like a $10 ticket to be able to like carve out some, if you've got a kid that likes performances, that likes going to the theater, or you're like, maybe this is who they are, right? They're creative and let's check it out doing some research and looking into some of that stuff and getting some and like creating some intentional time around, right? Like maybe your kid's a dancer and you take them to a nutcracker performance every year, but you're not taking them to the Boston ballet or New York city or or whatever. A lot of the local dance studios do their own performance. Yeah. And you're supporting local and you're supporting other families who are trying to give arts to their kids. To piggyback on that, a lot of churches open their doors to everyone where it is a celebration of music whether you're of the faith or not. We've actually attended a few of those because I got a strings player in the house and I'm trying to let her see other children performing. So it's great that adults are performing, but I want her to see other children perform. We do what we see. And you know what? We recently used museum passes again. Museum passes, a lot of museums and different places are not open over the on the actual holiday, but before and after the holiday, there's lots of space. We just yeah. did the Museum of Fine Art again. There's a lot of great places that you can make a family tradition, Museum of Science, the aquarium. You can go, I've got a fourth grader. She gets free entry into national parks as part of that federal program. Maybe if you're outdoorsy and you want to try out some national parks, that could be part of your gift giving experience. Maybe renting a movie, a new movie. Maybe you're like, oh, wow, all of that being outside and around other people. Oh, yeah, hmm, not working for me. What if you had a movie night and you popped popcorn and you got Junior Mints because we're a Junior Mints house? Junior Mints? In the popcorn or not in the popcorn? That's a good question. I guess you could, I could go either way. I can go either way too. I do a little bit of both. Like what if you did like a basket with some popcorn and some candies and like a movie ticket? It's just, it doesn't need to be where like you got to do the elf on a shelf every flipping day and you're buying all these extra things and then you got to set the alarm to do it. And then, oh shoot, you forgot. And then I love it. There was a mother on, on one of like reels or TikTok where, you know, she's, you wake, your kids wake up before you and you didn't move the elf and she's, and then you see her running and then she grabs it and she throws it. And then she like a, like an action movie. That's not how I want to feel over Christmas. So when my kid asked me this morning, mommy, other kids have an elf. And I said, that's really cool. I said, do they have really great stories? 
She said, yes. And I said, gosh, does that make you laugh? She goes, yeah. She goes, why don't we have one? And I said, I said, do your other friends go on layovers with their daddy? Do they travel all the time? Do they get to go on airplanes like every other week? Your kids have been flying forever. And I'm like, I'm like, they get enough. We go on airplanes all the time. I'm like, everyone's a little different. It's really cool. Maybe you can share your airplane stories because maybe they would really like that too. And everyone can have fun sharing their stories with each other. Yeah. I have such an issue with the elf on the shelf. That's a whole nother episode. I'm in such a comfortable place saying no now. Whereas that would have triggered like a, oh God, maybe what if I just, maybe I can order one in time. Maybe I can borrow one. Does anyone have an elf I can use? And I'm like, no, it's not for me. I love you more by not frantically trying to do it. than if I try to overextend myself and do something that I did that did not bring me joy. That does not serve you. Yeah. And I love the, like you had said uh, earlier this week, you were like, my goal, my intention is to experience more joy. And so then the question becomes, is what I'm doing moving me towards joy or away from joy? And if it's moving me towards joy, I continue to do it. And if it's moving me away from joy, I have to figure out how to get out of this. And we can craft whatever stories because sometimes we get real black and white around that. We're like, cleaning my bathrooms does not bring me joy. And you're like, does having a clean bathroom bring you joy? Oh, I love having a clean bathroom. Okay. Then in order to get there, you need to clean your bathroom or you need to hire somebody to clean your bathroom. Whatever your fix is. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes we get like in the, but I don't have to do these things. And that, and I'm, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the goal is to be moving towards what you want more of. And if you want yeah. more material things, then- Go get a second job so you can buy more material things. And mm-hmm. if you want more experiences or to spend time with your kids or your family, or your friends or whatever it is, then carve that out. Make those plans. Figure out mm-hmm. how you're going to do it. And holidays are great. Like if you have a, a friend that you're like, oh, we always give to them and I don't know what to buy, but I really like spending time with them. Then that's a great gift for your friends, for the people in your life that you want to spend time with is we go out, we hang out once a month and here are the things that we're going to do in these hangouts. And if your kids are old enough to do research, like I have a 14 year old, I'm like, do some research. I will challenge her to find free things. And it's not because Mm -hmm. it has to be free. It's because I want to be able to inform everybody that I'm working with. There's these free things. I'm like, find some free, fun winter things that we can do free or low cost. So I'm like under X amount of dollars per family. Like here are the things and she'll start researching and find things. And she's, Hey, did you know that this happens here? And these are things that are going on. And so we've been exploring some of that stuff too. There's lots of different ways that you can have experiences together and it doesn't have to cost a million dollars. Yeah. And it's if, if a two week trip bucket list thing, if that's what you need, do it, but you don't have to, right? Does it need to go to 11 every year? It's okay. And it's okay to say, I'm tired. I think a lot of us, especially, oh my gosh, I think COVID depleted a lot of people and some people, and and some people found it very recharging. I I know some people that are like professional bakers now because they were like digging into that homemade bread, like no one's business. Marley is now a proficient baker, but some of us are still tired from how much that was to carry. And, and I think so, just just being tired from life, right? Like we talk about what it's like to grow up in the eighties and nineties and be like millennials or like on the cusp parents that are trying to give our kids more than we had more opportunities. And when I say more, like we, every generation says that, right? I want my kids to have more than I have, but we're like the first generation that I want my kids to have more peace. 
I want my kids to have yeah. more connection. I want my kids to feel better about themselves. I want my kids to have confidence. Um, those are the things I want to give my kids. I want my kids to be okay. I want them to like emotionally, spiritually, and relationally be okay. And that means we do what we need to do to move in that direction. And it doesn't, that does not include spending $3,000 at Kmart, which doesn't exist anymore, but to go back Kmart, to Kmart, electronics run. Oh my gosh. The TV yeah. runs the, oh my gosh, people getting stampeded on that like crazy stuff. Like, Hey, spirit of the season. I'm going to trample someone so I can get a $50 off my TV. Like awesome. Yeah, I know. There's been so many times I've gone out shopping with my sister who lives in like the North shore of Boston. So it's a little crazy. And, and that's what I do. And I, when people are like, since Marley was little, Marley was like six years old and we we're standing in line at Target because not on Black Friday, just like we needed to pick some things up and the line was how it can get at Target sometimes. It was this ridiculously long line and there was this woman behind her that kept pushing her cart. Marley was pushing the cart, kept pushing her cart into her. And she was like, move forward, the woman said. And Marley turns around, like she turns around and looks at her and she looks at me and I smiled and she turns around and she goes, happy holidays at six. And the woman was like completely deflated. <laughs> And I was like, so it's important to me is that my kid can not be an asshole, but my, that my kid can like that. She's not taking that personally that she at six years old can be like, that woman's got shit going on. And it's not my problem. That's a win for me. <laughs> we have a generation of children that know what regulation is and know how to, how to nurture and support their own regulation in a very dysregulated world. Yes. That creates conflict. It sure does. Not so much with our (laughs) regulated kids, self-regulated kids, but it creates conflict. It sure does. It sure does. And I think if you're a mom listening and you're like, man, I wish I could regulate myself. I wish I could teach my kids how to regulate. I'm still stuck in that cyclone of being okay, not being okay, but not being okay. Be air quotes around being okay and not being okay. There's like hope. Like there's a one year ago, you were not in this place. No, I was like, never, <laughs> I am the poster child. I honestly thought I made a mistake becoming a mother. I really did. I was like, why does this feel awful? Next level awful all the time. I thought motherhood was like some good days, some bad days, but I'm like, where the fuck are my good days? It was just such a desperate, dark place. And I think for people who are like, how can I teach my kids this if I can't do it myself? You're already just ask yourself that question. It's like you you said to me forever ago, you're like, if you're worried about being a bad parent, you're already not a bad parent. So just be patient and gracious with yourself. Don't feel like you need to do anything right now. Sometimes you just need to sit and just go, that's beautiful productivity in and of itself. Absolutely. It's our ability to self-reflect. That's what makes us human. That's what makes us, allows us to grow. It's our ability to self-reflect and to go, I want to grow. That's it. That's all. It doesn't matter what you want to, how you want to get there. It doesn't matter what you want the growth to look like. If you're like, I want to grow, then great. I want my kids to be okay. Awesome. Oh my gosh. I'm going to, so my nine-year-old is deep. Love it. So she says to me this morning, mama, it must be really tough to be a tree. And I'm like, okay, where are we going with this? I'm like, breakfast talk, existential crisis. What are we doing here? And she goes, when you're like a tiny seed, like just all, somebody just tramples you and that's it, you're done. And then what if the winter's really hard or what if a bird picks you up and then you can't? And then, then 
you start to get your roots established and then you start to get taller and it's not easy yet, but at least you got them in there. And then when you're really big, you've made it. You can be like, hey, breezes, what's up? I got you. You're like, oh, it didn't rain for a little bit. Oh, my roots are real deep. I'm going to get lots of water. And she's talking and I'm like, oh my God, I feel like a profound understanding of resilience as you're describing a tree right now. Like I was having a moment. And it's if you just trust that your tree is going to grow and Mm -hmm. every day it gets a little bit easier, it's hard because you can't see it. It's faith in something you don't know and you've never seen before. But if you can like just just say, okay, that's it. I give it. I've just, yep. I'm going to blind faith this one and just believe it's going to work out. And that's just what I need right now. Yeah. I think that's what got me to where I am today. Thank goodness. And I feel good too. I do still have a lot of anger about what I missed, what I lost, what I didn't get to experience. I still have some anger about that, but then I see how much more I'm gaining and how every year I get more. So it's bittersweet. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you, I think sometimes we think, oh, having this conversation, you guys are great. You're exactly where you need to be. Perfect. I can be to that like perfect place in X amount of time. But this is, this just speaks to the complexity of us as human beings, right? You can be angry and you can be in a struggle and you can find peace and favor and move from a place of wanting to have more joy and more connection and more time with your kids. And it doesn't, it can be both. It can be like, My kids drive me crazy. And I say this all the time. Actually, Marley and I have this conversation because I annoy her. So I picked her from school the other day and I'm a talker. Just in case anybody couldn't tell. And I picked her up at school and we get in the car because Jeff, I think it was Monday. Jeff had jury duty and I was like, yeah, I can grab her. So I pick her up. We're driving home. We go now her school's it's like 12 minutes and we're on, we're like five minutes from home. So we've been in the car for seven minutes or so, maybe a little longer because there's a little bit of traffic getting out of school. And she goes, oh. Why does this seem like the longest drive ever? I go, because I haven't stopped talking since I picked you up. And she's, that's probably it. I love you and I hate you at the exact same time. I love you and I hate you at the exact same time. And she's, same Z's. I'm like, okay, great. So I think that's the other thing is when you can teach your kids. And I taught her early because I went through the same thing where you're talking about stop touching me. I went through that early on in parenting as well. It's totally an ADHD thing. And I taught her that I can be like, get away from me. Don't touch me. You're driving me crazy. And I love you with my whole heart at the exact same time, because we are complex and we could, we are not limited to one feeling at a time. And when you can embrace that, then it becomes now she's 14 and she gives me shit. She's I'm like, I'll leave and I'll be gone for a while. Did you miss me? And she's, I'm both missed you and didn't miss you at the same time. Okay. Thanks. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm like, you missed having me around. I missed having you silently around. And I'm like, mm. her favorite time. Funny. To hang with me is when I'm working. She comes and sits right there next to me and will read while I'm doing other things. She loves being near me. She, she but I start talking and she's like, okay, I'm going. Oh, and that's what I'm trying with my oldest to get her where I'm like, my voice is annoyed. That's okay. And it's okay to go to another room. I'm actually talking with daddy right now. He's like, he's going to be gone for five days. Like we need to chit chat. She calls it chit chat. I love it. We need to chit chat for a bit. So you're welcome to stay. But if you don't like the sound of my voice, this is my special time in my sharing space. You need to leave. And then I'm going to do special time with you later because I love that too. But, yeah, but it's funny. I think relationally, there's like that love hate. And I think that's easy to see. I had a harder time learning how to sit with the big feelings. We talk about kids having big feelings. I get the big feelings where it's like, oh, and the ability to sit with being both angry 
and grateful and inspired was a skill I had to learn. I didn't understand for me. It was almost like visualizing it. Just for whatever reason, my brain sees forms and people and that's we all have our own the way that our brain processes things but it's almost seeing west side story the two dancers coming together and meshing it was it was always posing one another and it was like no actually there's always a complexity and they're interwoven and that's how it's supposed to be and it's and it wasn't like i need to decide am i this or am i that you 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 don't have to put that on you you can be like I love our Christmas tradition and I hate this Christmas tradition at the same time. Yeah. I love the end. I love having, I love putting up a fresh Christmas tree in my house and I do not want to go stand in that field. Yeah. Yeah. We go to the, literally we, and I say we go to the farm, it's like the farm stand for the farm in town. And I said to her the other day when we went and got our tree there, because that's what we do. It's a three minute drive from my house. I go, yeah, pick whatever tree you want. I don't care. And they go that one. I go, okay, great. Stick it on the car and we go home. We're there for all of like maybe seven minutes. And this is the way that it always is because I can't, I'm not doing the thing. I'm not doing the go and be in a field and do all the things and all the day long experience. And I call it the Griswold Christmas. I'm not doing the Griswold Christmas tree. I'm not doing that. And I said to the woman who works there, it's a young couple. And I was like, I would much rather just come support. This is your business. This is what you do. This is like how you make your living. I would much rather just come here and support you and hand you my money and take my tree home than First of all, go do the work because I'm I'm outsourcing everything. There's no way in hell I'm going to cut down my own damn Christmas tree. It's not in my DNA. Thank you very much. But I would much rather do that than go trek out to wherever. Like I have a mm-hmm. friend who drives an hour and a half so they can go to the same tree farm to cut down the tree and have the thing. And I'm like, that's amazing that you guys all love doing that. And she said, I don't love doing it. And I was like, then stop doing it. Why are you doing it if you don't love it? I love having a tree. I don't love getting a tree. So it's funny. My husband this year wants to try going somewhere where you drive an hour to look at Christmas lights and then you drive an hour home. And I was like, mm. for Christmas lights? And like, I, but like, okay. I think my neighbors have Christmas lights up. Isn't that good enough? Yeah. And I was like, okay. And so when we talked about it, I'm like, hey, I'm like, I'm going to be traveling actually this week. Would you like to make it something that's the three of you? Or would you feel like it was like, did you want it to be the four of us? And he's like, no, that'd be really cool. Like if we did it the three of us. And I'm like, I would love that. (laughs) That makes my life so happy. Here's my suggestions. Pack some snacks. Um, And, and, you know, by default, we have to do things separately a lot. It's just the way it is. But that can be a possible solution for other people, too, where it's like maybe one person can have one special tradition and the other person can have the other one. Like my husband loves jazz music as well as does my daughter. And I'm like, great. You guys should go see some jazz shows together. Fun, fun. Thank you, love. Thank you. Always love doing this. And thank you for all the coaching and the support and the community that you've built for moms, because like you're allowing us to give to the kids that we, what we want to give to our kids, but we don't know how yet. So that's priceless right there. And I think sometimes as parents or as moms in particular, but as parents in general, we tend to think we have to, in order to give to our kids, we have to take from ourselves. I did. Yeah, that's, I think that's a common thing is we're like, in order to give to my kids, I have to take for myself. But really, your kid is best served when you give to yourself and then they receive through you, not in spite of you or not at the detriment of you. That's why we do what we do. All of it. I love it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. And happy holidays to thank everyone. You. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening in on our conversation. 
and I hope that you really enjoyed it. And if you did, please, please, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review so that other moms, other families can find this podcast as well. Thanks, guys, and I will see you soon. Take care. Oh, one more thing. It's the legal language. This podcast is presented solely for educational and entertainment purposes, and it is not intended as a substitute for advice from a physician, a professional coach, a therapist, or any other qualified medical or mental health professionals. Thanks, guys. One of the most effective things that you can do as a mom is you can learn to regulate your nervous system. Now, you might be thinking, Pam, how do I regulate my nervous system? Well, there's lots of different strategies, but one really great way to start to wire the brain for relaxation, for calm, for more peace, is to up your gratitude game. And that is exactly why I created a free email series just for you. The ultimate guide to a grateful life is 15 essential practices and prompts to cultivate a brain wired for gratitude, which will create for you a more abundant and a happier life and you. And all it takes is just a couple minutes a day. These are strategies that are proven to wire the brain towards rest and digest. And that is the side of the brain, the parasympathetic nervous system, that we want to be more active. This is where emotional regulation comes from. So grab your copy today by going to pamgodboys.com forward slash gratitude and start wiring your brain for a happier, healthier life.